From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's going to the cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. Hey, welcome back to Flicks and Picks. I'm Brian Mendoza, and today we're going to talk about Tyler Perry's movie, A Jazz Man's Blues. Now, this is a very fascinating movie because I've been anticipating a Tyler Perry movie. Who knew that I would get to that point, especially since Tyler Perry's always been a love-hate director for me. I'm more fascinated rather than enamored with him. I think he's one of those people that has done a lot of good things for cinema behind the scenes. I think it's great that he made his own studio that hires a lot of black actors especially actors that are so talented that they should be getting mainstream roles but you know tyler perry puts them in his films and now there are some things that tyler perry may not do so well for example he doesn't really have much of a writer's room which means that he has way too much power over the projects that he's involved in so a lot of these projects that could have a lot more potential ultimately are bogged down by the fact that Tyler Perry has certain expectations that he likes to adhere to. And so it ultimately comes down to this. A Jazz Man's Blues is probably his best film. I would almost say that it is his best film. But I'm not sure because I do actually have an admiration for his adaptation for For Colored Girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Ultimately, he called it For Colored Girls. It is a work that I am fascinated by, especially considering that he does a really good job with adapting it, with like really doing something new with it. But I do think his dialogue stinks, and I think that his handling of the poetry was admirable. But I do think, again, that the dialogue between the poetry of that specific work, if you're familiar for co- with for colored girls you'd understand what i'm talking about but it's a basically a series of poems strung together and it tells the stories and struggles of black women and it's a play that specifically has talked about a lot of important issues like rape aids and incest and ultimately these are issues that Tyler perry could talk about in his films and he does talk about them these are very important issues to talk about in any medium And so when I saw them adapted from Tyler Perry's point of view, it was a little cheesy sometimes because Tyler Perry, again, is his worst enemy. And it feels like, again, we're playing into that with a jazz man's blues. This film right here follows the love story between two individuals, a character named Bayou who is struggling to get his dad's approval. But ultimately, that storyline doesn't actually matter. That storyline is one of many storylines that don't really go anywhere in this film. His love story between... Him and this girl named Leanne, a.k.a. Bucket, and the two of them have this forbidden love because one of them passes for white, which is Leanne, and Bayou, you know, ultimately has to learn to be a man, and then later on he develops a singing career, and he becomes the jazz man in in the jazz man blues. And then the whole film has this sort of, it's all sort of contextualized, not very effectively, But it is there. There is a framing device that ultimately someone does die, that a character dies 
is a black man that is wrongfully killed by the police and Bayou and Leanne's story pretty much you do know where it's going to end up being and so it is framed as sort of a story about a doomed romance because of racism and because of Jim Crow era South. So there's a lot of things that are trying to be more ambitious here than your typical Tyler Perry movie. It is a period piece, which is remarkable because of the fact that Tyler Perry does actually know how to direct period pieces. He knows how to direct a movie that looks like it was made in the sick, not sixties, but like it looks like it was you know, it takes place in the time that it takes place in, in the 60s. Uh, it's kind of a weird time spot because um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the later half of the, the, the framing device takes place in the 60s or not. It's confusing. I don't know what part takes place where. I, it's kind of an odd situation where you think that these characters would take place in the 60s, but then you have the 60s looking like it's i don't know it's one of those things where like i think the he he kind of plays around a little too much with the framing device that it kind of confuses you as to well why does the framing device look like it takes place in the 60s same as the story within the framing device you know what i mean again that's another thing that tyler perry doesn't really know how to do really well is again know that you can have two different styles for the film. I think it would make sense for the specific story to have two different styles for the two different eras. But you know what? We're not going to be nitpicky. So let's try to do something positive here. Let's try to do more constructive conversation about this film. So are there good things about it? Yes. I Again, it is Tyler Perry's best movie. I think it looks beautiful. The costumes, the hair design is effective. It actually looks good. It is a very good looking film to the point that you're thinking, wow, Tyler Perry is on the right track. He is on the right track as a director. He isn't quite there, but he's definitely on the right track, knows how to direct a movie. He definitely does know how to direct a movie. For sure, he is someone that has skills. And he shows that he can have good cinematography, that the costume design and the hair design is there. He knows how to get really good actors to play these parts. Joshua Bone is great as Bayou. Uh, so Leah Pfeiffer does what she can with Leanne, even though I think Leanne as a character is a little uh, questionable. I do think that the writer didn't really... Well, Tyler Perry obviously is the writer. I don't think... Tyler Perry really knew what to do with her character because she go she disappears for portions of this film and you think wow like this is a love story and the woman is gone for most of it and you think Tyler Perry would be very invested in the woman's part of the storyline considering Tyler Perry has always paid tribute to women's stories in his movies now it's debatable whether or not he does a good job with those stories so We'll let that, um, we'll let you decide that one. I'll give you the opportunity to look at his films and you tell me if he does a good job with women's stories. I have never met a single black woman that has felt that his stories were necessarily a tribute to the black women that in Tyler Perry's world saved his life. You know, Tyler Perry has given black women in his life a lot of credit. And so I find it kind of interesting that in this film, the black women are again, sort of relegated to the side. There are like wonderful black characters throughout the film. And of course, you know, I'm not going to be that person that dictates what a great or bad black character is. So it is interesting that this time around, Tyler Perry has written 
far more dimensional characters. But it seems kind of interesting that he has these dimensional characters, but then has them disappear for portions of the movie. And it's not like rewarding. You know what I mean? Like it just isn't a good thing to have these like well-rounded characters just disappear with no real reason and in the film they have a good love story the beginning of the film that talks about the love story is a good setup i think it's a beautiful love story the two actors have good chemistry but unfortunately the film just seems like it wants to separate the two characters it almost feels like a different movie and it doesn't even feel like the way we were you know like with the characters going on their distant lives and then eventually having that conversation because I know where it's going to end. So there's no real suspense either way. And I also find myself, you know, intrigued by the fact that you have an actress who, quite frankly, I don't know if passes for white in certain scenes. And when I, and that is an important story part. It is part of the story that this character of Leanne does pass for white. And I don't know. I don't think she really does. And so it makes it kind of hard to believe certain scenes where characters are, these racist characters are interacting with her and you almost feel like these characters are so cartoonishly racist that they would believe that she's black. They can't possibly not see that. It doesn't even feel like an authentic part of the story, especially with how cartoony these racists are. You would almost think that they would detect a black woman like millions of miles away. You would almost feel like if a person even has a 1% black in their DNA that these cartoony racists would do anything. Again, I think Tyler Perry does have the ability to talk about racism in his works, but again, I just think that he writes these cartoony villains and they almost feel like cartoons. They don't feel like real racists. Real racists don't exactly act like this and heck i've even met people who were around in the 60s that tell me that in their time racists would throw out words like boy or they'll say stuff like articulate like they'll say like a black uh, this black boy is articulate which is absolutely like a racist phrase because it's not only emasculating black men but it's also implying that a intelligent black man is an exception and you know what I mean like yikes you know like they think that all black men are dumb except for the ones that they like and so a jazz man's blues does feature these cartoony racists to an extent and you might be you might be watching the movie and not think they're so cartoony compared to other movie racists but they're there you know it is cartoony enough that I'm like yeah but they don't really they can't tell that this woman is a black woman like a biracial black woman I don't know. It's It seems like there are parts of me that want to sort of forgive that. And I do forgive it for the most part. But there are times where I'm thinking, you know what? It is very important for the storyline for this character to pass for white. And there are other movies like Passing. Like the movie Passing that's based on the Nella Larson book. That story is very much like powerful because of the fact that the character does pass for white. The actress does pass for white. And so it adds more credence to the storyline. It was also filmed in black and white, which made it a lot easier to sort of disguise the actress's blackness because it's part of the story. You're supposed she's disguising her blackness. In this case, the the film almost can't do it. She doesn't look white. And I think that that's a very, very important thing to be careful about. And I'm not saying that this actress couldn't do the part. She does a great job with it. In fact, I think she does a good job playing the character. But I also, again, think that there is a very interesting dilemma with having these 
char- these characterizations of racists that are very cartoony and, and uh, I'm gonna be honest, don't feel as authentic as the rest of the film tries to be. The rest of the film wants to be almost an authentic depiction of Jim Crow South. But then again, they have these villains that I imagine could see a black mix, this one black character as black, you know what I mean? So there's that. And also, like, there's these things where um, the circumstances regarding this character of Leanne, they don't add up really well, especially with the fact that in the framing device, you have Leanne played by. I'm going to spoil a little tiny bit of it, but played by a white woman. So I think that there's something really problematic about the fact that the the film again, tries to play this weird thing with like her passingness, but I don't think the film's really smart enough to do it. It takes a lot of skill to play off the passing nature of like biracialness, the, the politics of passing it, it it's complex. So I, I would urge like studios to not cast, of course, white actresses, but to also, you know, consider the fact that, you know, try to create the world around it. I think this character, the actress herself, could definitely pass for white in a much more authentic world that the film play that could have played, not the cartoony world that this series that this film wants to be is in unfortunately so it wants to be authentic but then you have cartoony racist and then you also have cartoony villains like her mother in this film is so cartoony that you would almost think okay what's going on here this almost feels like a cartoon and also this character leanne suffers throughout the narrative to the point that you almost feel like okay well when is this character gonna get a break you almost feel like she she doesn't stop suffering it's rushed especially in the beginning with towards the end of the beginning you know how i said like the love story is really good in the beginning well there's a parts of the beginning that do feel rushed like her grandfather or her father or whatever i don't actually know what the deal is with that character but leanne's grandfather father i don't know like he abuses her but it's so over the top and the character laughs like a cartoon villain towards the end of it towards the end of this one shot and it's almost like okay can we not do this Tyler Perry Tyler Perry you had such a good depiction of like masculine abuse in this film because he does feature a lot of like masculine abuse in his works and I get that because when he was young he was abused by a man and so he puts a lot of stuff that has happened in his real life like his how black women empowered him as a child how a lot of black men disappointed him as a child into his work so and that's important. I think filmmakers should definitely put things in their works that reflect their lives. You know, that things that their life, things that happen in their life reflecting on screen is fine. Steven Spielberg does that with his daddy issues. I hate to say it that way, <laughs> but he definitely does the same thing. Steven Spielberg doesn't have good dads in his movies for the most part. He does have like great moms, but he doesn't have really great dads. And so Tyler Perry doesn't have a lot of great men in this film. And he certainly solved the colorism issue, which is that Bayou is the nice black character, black man in this film, and he is a darker skinned black man. So for once, he actually resolved the colorism issue to an extent. He doesn't have the dark skinned black man that I, as the villain. Oftentimes he does have that. He does have one here for sure, but the main character is a 
dark-skinned black man, and it's a positive depiction. So I'm glad Tyler Perry is progressing even within his own criticisms, but again, he does play into those things too because, again, he still has two of those. So the abusive black men in this film, you know, I have to bring it up because that is a trait of his cinema, that he does feature these abusive black men. They do act a little cartoony, and especially the grandfather to Leanne. Bayou's father is a little bit more mm, restrained. I'm going to say that restrained and it's some it tells you a lot about Tyler Perry that he can restrain that character but definitely go over the top of the other characters so I do want to say it is well shot it is beautiful to look at the chemistry between the two actors is great and I'm glad to see them actually act in these movies Tyler Perry always does a good job with diversity and I love the fact that he cast a lot of talented actors but is it actually any good I would say it is his best film, and depending on how much leeway you want to give Tyler Perry, that's ultimately up to you to decide. If you like the Medea movies, and if you liked the other movies that he's made, the other dramatic works, then you might like this one the most. Or it might seem boring because it's a more sincere attempt. For me, I would give it two and a half stars. You know, I just think that it's his best film from a technical standpoint, from a story standpoint. But again, it feels rushed, and there's these moments that feel really inauthentic with how the villains are really cartoony, which features the abusive black men and also the racist white characters. They're so cartoony, but I think if we made them more human, they will be scarier. You know, I think it's scarier to make your villains human. And I think Tyler Perry is certainly on the right track, but I think he can do better. And I'm hoping he does better. I'm rooting for him.